I just want to make sure that I'm always present, but it's very difficult to be present when I'm running a company that has gotten to the size that it is, yet I'm still trying to cook him his lunch, pick him up from school, you know, and like, I just don't think it's ever going to get easier. But I think that what's so important is that it is fulfilling and it's fulfilling in my soul and in my heart. Mama! Welcome to Mama Has Goals, your weekly reminder that you shouldn't have to sacrifice your dreams to take on the role of mom. I'm Kelsey Smith, mom of two boys, wife, and entrepreneur who's passionate about helping other moms, current and aspiring, to reimagine mom life. I'm bringing you the resources, support, and relatability to debunk that limiting belief that you may have about your ability to achieve your goals while raising a human. We're covering everything from mom guilt, marriage, relationships, careers, finances, mental health, physical health, you name it. Your life doesn't have to fully shift once you become a mom. You can have it all, and we'll show you how. Hey, mamas. Thanks for tuning in this week to Mama House Goals, your weekly reminder to reimagine mom life at any stage and rediscover your multifaceted self. I'm Kelsey Smith, and I am so excited that you are here. I have absolutely loved seeing you share your takeaways and what's resonating with you, whether it's on your Instagram stories or on Facebook. When you tag Mama Has Goals and you tag our guests, we absolutely love knowing what sat with you, what you want to hear more of, and who we should bring back in the future. And if there's any new guests that you want to have as well. So leave a review on Apple Podcasts, share to your stories, and share with the other women in your community because that is what Mama Has Goals is all about. Finding a place that we can all connect and all come together to navigate our own individual journeys as well as motherhood. And outside of this podcast, I wanna make sure that you're aware of a couple other ways that we can connect and get to know each other. So every Monday, I go live on Instagram at Mama Has Goals at 9 a.m. Pacific time. And I talk about different things that you may be navigating in your personal life and in your goals, talk about motherhood and life coaching and what I'm going through, what other community members are going through, how we can support and how we can kick off the week strong. So join me next Monday there, 9 a.m. Pacific time, Mama Has Goals, Instagram. And on Tuesdays, we come together on Zoom as a community for our co-working and goal check-in. This is at 9.30 Pacific time, We jump into Zoom, spend about 10, 15 minutes talking about we need support around, where you can get help, introduce each other to each other, connect with each other. And then we go on mute for about 40 minutes. And you can use this time to go through a specific task on your to-do list, to get some laundry done, to sit down and have a moment to yourself, whatever you may need. But you'll sit on mute for about 40 minutes and we'll come back together at the end to just anything that came up, anything you need support around to meet some other really cool moms doing cool things. And if you've never done a co-working call, this may sound a little funky to you, but this has been so impactful for my personal journey. Whether you're doing it, like I said, for personal things or work or business and anything in between. So I highly recommend tapping into it, giving it a shot because I'm very passionate about showing up every week for my own co-working call and many others as well. And you want to tap into the phone app because that's where you'll get the link for that co-working call. It's on the events section of the phone app and web platform. And we also have some really great resources and connections rolling out through our app for our community members. So go to your app store, download the Mama Has Goals phone app, 
Tap into that because you do not want to miss out on what is coming over the next couple months. And connecting with other women doing really cool things is just always great. There's nothing better than meeting someone and hearing so much about their journey, how they can support you and tapping into that. And our guest today, Erin Feeder, is no exception. She has a jewelry line and a nonprofit called My Crystal Sister. And she's also a mom to a four-year-old named Jackson. She's not only an incredible business owner and has debuted at Paris Fashion Week last year, but she also has a really moving story about giving her first son up for adoption navigating life after becoming a young mom to then stepping into her calling and her passion, which is now Erin Feeder Jewelry. Erin has been designing and making and selling jewelry for over 15 years. She is a gemologist by trade and has owned multiple lines. Her jewels have been featured in several publications, including US Weekly. She has been on runways, including New York Fashion Week and now Paris Fashion Week. She's been worn by several celebrities while being featured on national TV. And Erin Fader Jewelry was born from Erin's desire to create unique jewelry inspired by her passion for history and all things vintage. Honoring the story and the process behind each Erin Fader design is what makes this line unique and sets her work apart. From troubled teenage years, to getting pregnant at a young age, giving her baby up for adoption, having her son now, and truly just navigating all these different dips and turns in life as well as business, Erin and I have such a great conversation today. I've loved having just the vulnerable pieces as well as the strategy, takeaways, and things that you can step into. You can connect after this conversation with Erin on Instagram at Erin Fader Jewelry, as well as her personal Instagram at Erin underscore Fader. Stay tuned till the end of the interview because there's a special offer from Erin that you do not want to miss. And of course, follow me at Mama Has Goals. Now let's welcome Erin to the show. Thank you so much for being here, Erin. I am so excited to dive into your story. I know you have so much that you've navigated, that you are now growing, that you can share with our audience from your past and where you're currently at. I know in one of your podcast episodes, you talk about your difficult youth years, and I can definitely relate to that. You were then medicated by Adderall per doctor's orders, and you were pregnant at a young age, ended up giving your baby up for adoption. And I know all of that can be an unimaginable load to carry on your shoulders, especially as a young woman. I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about your journey, what that looked like, and bring us up to speed on where you're at today and just kind of how you've navigated the things that you've gone through with a little bit more detail for us. Oh my goodness. I mean, yeah, that kind of sums it all up, I guess you could say. And as far as navigation, I would just say that I am, I'm a spiritual person. I'm not necessarily like a religious person. I'm also, I come from parents who are athletes. And I think that just having that like stamina to just keep pushing through has really, really helped me. And it has been such a blessing and such a gift to like you know, to see that in humans that I love and surround myself with and did for, you know, since I was a child. And so I just had that like never give up mentality and chase my dreams, work towards my dreams, do everything I can to create my dreams and and really like just never give up. Like that was just, it was like I said, such an like an athlete mindset, so to speak. And now when I look back at it, I'm just like, holy moly, like, 
so much time, you know, so much sacrifice, but it's all been so worth it. And the other thing that has been such a driving force for me too, is, you know, back to the adoption. I mean, I feel like I had a second chance at life because of my son, because of getting pregnant early. And I chose not to just lose that opportunity. I looked at it as, hey, rather than, okay, whatever, fresh slate, blah, blah, blah. I was like, I'm doing, I'm going to do everything I can, you know, to create a successful life because I feel like I was given a second chance at it. So tell us a little bit more about how you went from that experience. What are some of the, you know, so many people can resonate with the difficult youth years. I'd love to dive a little bit deeper on that. You know, your parents gave you this uh, ability to push through and keep trying, right? But there's always kind of hindsight on how we can do things a little bit different. So for our parents listening, if their child is navigating some tough years right now, what are some things that you felt like were the most supportive or maybe some things that you would have liked support around a little differently? And then also as adults that have overcome those tough years, how are some of the ways that you are being really conscious now as a parent to maybe be mindful of how to set your child up for success? so that you're not, they're not repeating those actions? So, I mean, I would say, you know, obviously like open conversation, listening to your kids, let them try so many different things. The number one thing that helped me find my passion, even throughout the difficulties, was that I was always encouraged and supported to try new things. So it's kind of crazy. Like my original artistic path, I started off and actually, when I did get pregnant, I was going to college to become a photographer. And, you know, my parents supported me in that, which was amazing. And then that's when I ended up getting pregnant. So I dropped out. And then that's when I decided to move and, you know, do that whole process with the adoption. But um, after that, you know, I came back and I was also like, I don't want to be a photographer anymore. Like, I am a different person now. And I need to try something else. I still loved working with my hands and being creative. That was something that I had always done, even as a child. And so being able to, you know, my, again, just my parents were supportive. They let me move back actually into their house and were like, Hey, we want to also give you a second chance. You, you know, you have to pay us rent. You have to pay for college. You have to have jobs, plural, you know, but Hey, we're going to support you and also give you a second chance. And I got into floral design, which is, you know, kind of crazy. Again, creative working with your hands. And then after floral design, I actually picked up jewelry. And when I picked up jewelry, it was kind of like it just clicked for me at the same time. Um, so I was, again, I was working multiple jobs. And one of the jobs that I had started was working at a vintage clothing store. And at the vintage clothing store, that's when I like truly found my passion for not just creating the jewelry, but also for the history of fashion and the history of just women and the history of clothing. And after that, I was like, okay, everything kind of clicked full circle for me. And it's like, this is for sure what I want to do. So, but back to your question about how parents can support their children in that, I think that really it's just encouraging them to, like I said, try so many different things. Cause who knew it was photography to floral design for me. But like, I think if you're just like, Hey, like, I also think not quitting something as well. Like, and I know that's really hard, but my husband and I, we actually talk about that with Jackson, our son who he'll be five this month. 
And one of the things that we want to do with him, and also it connects to like the sports and the athletics as well is like, and it's not going to work for everybody. But if you have your child, like try something like just have them commit to like a time period. And then if they don't like it, they go somewhere else. But if they do, then they can continue and stick with it. But don't like let them quit. My parents never let me quit anything. And I think that that helped me explore and have confidence and try new things. And, you know, to their credit, it led me to finding my passion and what I really wanted to do with my life. Yeah, that's amazing. So throughout this journey, I know you've done a lot of development work, you've navigated what your work's going to look like, you've had that spiritual piece. And like you said, you now have your son. How has that journey evolved? Do you have a relationship with your first baby? What are some of the choices that you've made for maybe someone in that boat or helping support someone in that boat that you have navigated mentally and just actually logistically? It was the best decision, hardest decision of my entire life. There will be nothing else that can compare to choosing to give your child to someone else. And in that space, also giving them the greatest gift of life, which is parents that will love them and can give them everything that I could not give them when I was just 18. So that space compared to my son right now, I do not have a relationship with my first son. I did choose to do an open adoption. So I hope and I pray that someday that we will get connected, you know, when he is ready and I can tell him, you know, hey, like this is what I did with the time that I didn't spend, you know, raising you. And I hope you can appreciate that, that I wanted something greater. And I feel like you were that opportunity for me to really shape up my life and do that. And as far as my son, you know, he's just going to be five, like I said, and I have to say, like, there's just something that is so incredible about having another son and, you know, having that amazing bond and relationship with him. And I, you know, I just, I thank God like every day for this amazing gift that I've been given with him. I mean, I just think it makes it, it does make it sweeter for me because it's my second time and like, I let the first one go and that was a blessing, you know, and, but it's still like, oh my gosh, like I just cherish Jackson. You know, we all do. We cherish our children more than anything in the world. And I just, I try to like take every single day. It's like nothing else matters except for him. Like whether with the business and with my goals and with anything, it's like at the end of the day, like I just want to make sure that he feels connected and loved and encouraged and supported. And like, it'll always be the most important thing in my life. He will always be the most important thing in my life. And again, he's so young, so he doesn't know my personal journey or my story with adoption yet. And there will be a time when it will be time to share that with him. And I look forward to that. And like I said, I hope that we could all be, you know, some extended family in some respect at some point. And and we will, like, I will always, I will share that story with him at, at some point when the timing is right. Yeah, I love that so much. And one of my favorite things about really your story is it's this example of that there's no such thing as a mistake. I think so often we hear people talk about, oh, I made a poor choice or this happened to me. This was a result of my actions. But this has been a beautiful journey for you to be able to grow, to evolve, to give life to another family 
to then be able to bring the life into your family now and be able to create your other child, your jewelry line and all the things that you've been able to do. And I just see that as such an inspiration for so many people that are maybe trying to overcome something that they've navigated and look at what's next. I think you've done that so beautifully. I'm sure it doesn't look quite as beautiful some days. And there were some parts of the journey that didn't look so great. But right now you're sitting at this point where you can be like, wow, I did it. And hopefully you take some time. I think as busy, ambitious, healing women, we often don't take time to reflect as much as we should. But I'm going to take this moment of the podcast to just congratulate you on everything you've created. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm just inspired by you. This is one of my favorite things about bringing people like you onto the show to be able to show all the different versions and flavors of life, let alone motherhood, and that everyone has something they've navigated previously or currently navigating that you typically wouldn't know when you see I just saw you posting about Paris Fashion Week, you know, someone's going to see you at Paris Fashion Week, they don't know your story and your journey. And so being able to share that and show both sides of the ambitious mom with also what you've navigated and carried is really important. And I actually love how you've brought that into a collection. You have My Crystal Sister, and that was created, my understanding, to encourage women to connect with one another and help them heal and love themselves and know they're not alone. I'd love for you to tell our listeners a little bit more about this collection and how it came to life and really your mission behind it. Such a special, special collection for me. It was a passion project that I had actually dreamt up. I want to say it was probably like eight years ago, I want to say at this point. And I used to like actually like by hand, I was wire wrapping the crystals to the bracelet. And we had that was like round one, you know, and it was actually my husband that came into my studio one time when we were dating and he's he's a creative in his own mindset. And he was like, oh my gosh, what is that bracelet? That's so cool. And it was just another piece of jewelry to me at that point, but something that I did really love. And um, we kind of like just created a story, you know, created like a passion around it because I was like, well, it's actually this bracelet that inspired me from this woman that I know knew when I was, you know, at the adoption center where I lived when I went through that. And long story short, you know, it basically just became this incredible like journey of connecting women. Because one of the things that is so amazing about jewelry that I love about jewelry is that jewelry is something that you put on your body. And it's something that, you know, unlike clothing, unlike many things that we put on, it lasts like it lasts longer than any of those things. And so in addition to that, you know, the crystals have so much meaning bracelets, you know, have so much meaning. We've all heard of like a friendship bracelet from when we were growing up. And it basically was just a a set of bracelets that connects one woman with another. And after that, you know, it became a passion project of really like bringing women together. And it's been such a beautiful journey because we've seen so many women who have bought it for their bridesmaids, for their wedding, for, you know, their sisters, their grandmothers, their aunts. Like it's just, it's been such an incredible journey of watching women get connected through this bracelet. And I don't know, like there aren't many things that have that capacity to do that. So we also, we donate to a couple different charities. And um, I've actually recently, you mentioned Paris Fashion Week. So Paris Fashion Week happened last year for us. So the My Crystal Sister has basically kind of been put on the back burner. We're still, we still offer the product and we're doing it, but I had a podcast as well that 
was like one of my favorite things I've ever done. Because again, just like you said, having these incredible conversations with women and getting vulnerable and we would talk about, you know, our stories and it was just such an amazing project. So I'm hoping to, you know, bring that back to life once things calm down, which, you know, who knows if that ever happens. (laughs) It is just like, oh my goodness, one thing after the other. We just got invited back to Paris Fashion Week and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, how do we do it all? You know, I mean, Kelsey, I'm sure that's like, it's like what your podcast is about is like, how do we as moms do it all? What do we say yes to? What do we say no to? Where are the limits? Are there limits? It's just, oh, so, so many things. And I think those are great examples because in what I hope that everyone listening from this podcast gets is that there's seasons, right? So there was a season where your crystal sister, my crystal sister really was a priority and not that it's not anymore, but there's a different level of effort that goes towards different priorities in different seasons. And it's navigating opportunities that there aren't later. So, you know, what I would tell the women in our community is, your heart is with my crystal sister and that's amazing, but there's no reason you can't bring it up later where you don't have total control of Paris Fashion Week, right? So if it's something that you enjoy, something that you want to utilize that opportunity, it's something that you have to take within a certain timeline because you have less control over that opportunity in the future. So it's really taking hold of the opportunities that are brought your way, you sitting with kind of your basket of eggs, if you will, and figuring out which one is a now thing and which one is maybe coming back later. And then trying it on for size because you don't know, like you went to Paris Fashion Week, you know, you loved it. I'm sure there was stress involved in that. But you're like, okay, I I think I want to go back where if you didn't go, you would never know. And now you get to make the decision. So Mm -hmm. I can't wait to see what you do. Oh, thank you. I have a feeling what this one's going to be, but in the future (laughs) down the road, what that looks like. And I would love for you to talk about just a little more of your journey with your jewelry line. So we know that you went from the floral designs to then deciding you wanted to do jewelry, but now you're at Paris Fashion Week. So how have you grown your company into this wildly known, recognizable brand? I know it's been on social media, several publications, worn by celebrities on national TV. Can you tell us about really how you brought this idea to life and evolved it to this state at this point? So I started out, you know, I mentioned to you that I worked at a vintage store. And when I was working at that vintage store and falling in love with the history of jewelry, I also fell in love with vintage pieces. So we're talking like old brooches and like, you know, 1940s, like amazing crystal necklaces and all these things. And then I was also seeing all these things come into the shop that were broken or damaged And I'm like, oh my God, like that would be such an amazing bracelet or that could be such a cool earring set, et cetera. And so I started taking things apart and making new pieces out of them. And that, you know, I had my first line, I should back up just a little bit. It's so funny because I found the old business cards recently and I was like, oh my gosh, like you forget, you know, like how, how like far back it goes or like all the different, you know like you said, seasons that you had in your career. And so anyways, my first line was called As You Wish. And then it it became Trashy Chic. And Trashy Chic was vintage repurposed pieces. And that again was heavily vintage. And I worked on Trashy Chic for several years until I got approached by Fashion Week San Diego. And the producer of the show was like, hey, we really see something in you 
I feel like you would be amazing, you know, to do a runway show, launch your next collection. And at that point in my career, I was like, okay, vintage is amazing for so many reasons. Like we're obviously helping the environment, which I'm super passionate about. And, you know, we're just making something out of nothing and we're using the history element. But then I was hitting so many roadblocks in my business because it wasn't a business model that you could expand or grow on or mass produce. And, you know, you can't live off of like one of a kind pieces, especially in San Diego, California. (laughs) And so I was like, okay, like, I don't really want to be working three jobs and have a jewelry line. And, you know, like it was just becoming too much of a struggle. So with the Fashion Week San Diego opportunity, I did a bunch of soul searching and I'm like, okay, I think I'm ready to launch a collection under my name, introduce myself as a designer, and like also use all of the information that I've learned from working with boutiques, fashion boutiques specifically, selling that trashy chic line. And so I took out a loan. It's like, okay, we're going big time here. Basically designed the whole collection. I still use vintage elements. But um, I also made sure that those vintage elements, like I could make quantities of like a hundred plus on them. And and basically I launched my the first Aaron Fader jewelry collection in during Fashion Week in San Diego and let's see here, that was in 2012. And so after that, basically it was still because of still being heavily heavily saturated with vintage. I was hitting roadblocks again. We we talked to Nordstrom at that point and they loved the line, but they were like, it's like, we can't work with the vintage. So I was just like, oh my God. Okay. Let's figure it out. Keep going, you know? And so, so then I kind of eliminated most of the the vintage elements and I started creating more of like a boutique jewelry line and still, you know, as the Aaron Fader jewelry brand. And basically, I had some really great mentors that I worked with in boutiques that helped me. And then also just studying and seeing like, what works and what doesn't work? What are women buying? What are they not buying? Like, what materials are best here? What metals are best here? What lasts longer? What are women in San Diego where I'm living? What do they want to wear? Okay, they want to wear things that they're going to wear at the beach and they're going to get it wet. So it needs to be gold fill or it needs to be silver or whatever. And I basically just took all of this like experience, experiential like information and just kept applying it and applying it and applying it to the line until I could just continually perfect it, perfect it, perfect it until, you know, it basically is what it is today. Yeah, common theme of going back and trying multiple things, keep going, keep trying. <laughs> it's definitely what it is. Oh my gosh. Yes. Such an amazing story, such amazing journey. So how many years would you say you've been in your jewelry business now? So the that would have been 10 years ago. 10 years, but I was making jewelry for I would say 10 years before that too. And really, this is so funny. I like like again, things that you just forget about, but when I was pregnant, living at the adoption center, I moved to Texas and I lived there and I actually would make jewelry to like pass the time and I would like weave and it was like my therapy, you know, because I'm a creative and I need to use my hands and it's how I heal myself. And I remember I did it on like such a low, low, low end level, but I did it and I loved it. And it was, again, it was like a passion for me. And it's so funny because I'm like, wow, you know, I I had never in a million years thought at that moment that that would become my career. 
it just was something that helped me heal through, you know, a very difficult time in my life. Yeah. And I love that because I hear women and especially moms all the time, they'll say, I don't even know what I like to do. And I think it's so important to go back and really just find times that maybe activities or small little hobbies or small little passions are things that really brought you joy, peace or coping into whatever you're doing so that you can go back and say, you know what, I actually, if I dig deep, if I think back, these are the things that I do enjoy doing. These are the things that I do like doing. And really digging on that because whether you step into entrepreneurship or not, it really comes to what is the thing that you want to continue to pursue and grow and evolve at? And if you're able to make money doing that, that's always great. But you didn't know when you started it that it was going to turn into what it is today. And I think that's actually a mistake that people that do think they want to be an entrepreneur make is they dive right in with, well, what will be the most money? What can I do to replace my income? All of that. And your jewelry line probably would look a lot different if your very first interaction with jewelry started there rather than from this place of interest with the vintage pieces and making something new and then having it in the adoption center and all of that. So I think that's just important for anyone listening. Also, that this has really been a 20-year journey throughout that and a 10-year business journey to get to your success because we know people all the time will say, oh, she was an overnight success with this. And they don't see all the hard work that's going on behind the scenes. Now, on the flip side of that, I remember when I first started thinking about different things I wanted to pursue, I would ask myself truly, what if it took 10 years? And I think so much people will say, well, it has to, you know, whatever I want to pursue has to hit a certain level of whatever you're measuring your success at within a year or two or whatever else. And it, you know, you have to pay bills, you have to do certain things, but you're just getting life started. And it's taken 10 years to this point, you've hit these journeys, but like, I know you're just getting started. How horrible would it be if you'd been like, well, I didn't hit this milestone within that three years. So I stopped going where you've been at the last seven years or anything like that. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about the challenges you have faced. Maybe some of those moments where you've been like, man, do I need to consider something different? Do I know what I'm doing? Can I keep going? How am I going to navigate motherhood and business now that I'm bringing that back into my life? What are some of the challenges that you've really had to sit with that have been difficult? So fashion, as we all know, is such a competitive industry. And I would just start off, you know, there are 10 billion jewelry designers out there. We're all doing the same thing, you know, make have like similar ideas that are, you know, based on the same trends and and all that. And, you know, I, I love what you just said about the money. Okay. So the money cannot define your success at the beginning. And it cannot like, I don't, I don't believe that, you know, to each their own, but like, if it was about the money for me, I wouldn't have made it this far because it really was, it was like, okay, this is my passion and this is my business and I'm going to work on the side and that's my money. Okay. So that's how I support myself. And like, I just had to do it. So keep it separate, you know, in a sense, so that like, so that it would be from the creative process because there's that can take away more than your creativity than finances. (laughs) Like, and I would say that like, you know, and again, I know that the demographic here is mom. So it's like, oh my gosh, like, I can't imagine like, I was younger, so I didn't, I wasn't a mom then, but I, so I was able to like 
separately work and then, you know, to survive. And then I was able to separately work to develop a business and a, and a passion. And the, but I do want to say for me, I have always been an artist. So like, I didn't have a business plan at the beginning, Kelsey. I was literally like, this is just what I want to do. This is what I love to do. And so it's not like the way I went anyone who's starting out how to start it because it probably took me 10 years longer to get to where I, because I didn't start that way. But I would just say, you know, as far as like hardships that I have experienced, you know, number one, number only been financial. I've always had to work 30, 40 plus hours a week somewhere else in order to pay my bills and keep doing this. And then on top of that, I would be going and doing doing you know, events gens and farmers markets and street fairs and you know bars at night and then I would go to my regular job and it was at a bar still so I could or a coffee shop those were always like flexible hours but the financial part has been a struggle and you know you kind of get to a place where you're finally like over a roadblock and then it get does get easier but that's been one of the challenges I would say another challenge is just Again, the competition. So like I said, there's so many jewelry designers. Anybody can pick up jewelry and start making it. I mean, Michael's, that's like their biggest aisle, I think now is like jewelry. And um, it's funny, I just hired an intern recently. And he was like, when I first met you, which was just a few months ago, he's like, I thought you just, you know, might have gone to Michael's. But then I looked at your Instagram. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, you're like, okay, you're legit. You just went to Paris. Like, and so it's very accessible. And I think that has been a has been difficult because people are like, well, why is your stuff different than anybody else's? And our number one value as a company is quality. So we want to make things better than anyone else at an affordable price point. And so we like to call it affordable luxury jewelry. So you can still have fun with it, but you can also afford it. And it is incredible. And it's better than anyone else that is in the marketplace at that price point. So distinguishing ourselves from other designers and other brands, that has been difficult. And then yeah, let's talk about the mom work-life balance. I, I don't know if that exists. <laughs> if somebody has the secret, the secret code to that, I would sure like to know that because that is every day. It's a struggle. You know, like we talked about before, Jackson is literally everything to me. And so I just want to make sure that I'm always present, but it's very difficult to be present when I'm running a company that has gotten to the size that it is. And I have 10 employees and Yet I'm still trying to cook him his lunch, pick him up from school, you know, and read him his stories and all the things. And like, I just don't think it's ever going to get easier. But I think that what's so important is that it is fulfilling and it's fulfilling in my soul and in my heart. And my assistant, we just went to New York last week and she, we were talking about Jackson, of course, while we were on the trip. And she's like, Aaron, I think it's just, so amazing that Jackson is seeing you work and build something and create something so special that the older and older he gets, the more and more he'll understand it and appreciate it and, and you know, respect you for that. And to me, like that just brought tears to my eyes because I was like, wow, what a perspective. I haven't gotten to that point where I think that yet. You know, I'm kind of still like in the weeds, so to speak, just like feeling bad about it every single day. But I think that you just have to trust the process 
And, you know, like you said, just being able to, you know, be fulfilled at the end of the day. And for me, one of my biggest challenges is perfection. And I think knowing that there is no such thing as perfection and to like let that go and stop striving for it and just be the best that you can be. And at the end of the day, that's all that any of us can do. Yeah. Gosh. And I know so many people are so challenged with the work-life balance in general. And then you throw parenting in there because these little humans rely on us for so much support and we want to be there. And so then you carry this guilt and you carry this like kind of, is the grass greener? Should I spend more time with them? What's the right choice? And I know for me, just what I try to come back to is, okay, what does success look like today for me in my business? What does success look like today for me as a mom? And what does success look like today for me as like a human outside of either of those roles? And if I can break that down and get versions of it, whenever I slow down and really ask myself those three questions, I realize, okay, success today being a mom really only looks like this one little thing. And I'm trying to check these 30 boxes when really I need to focus on maybe one. And while my child needs to be fed, it doesn't need to be heart-shaped or star-shaped things. And it doesn't need to look exactly like that. While my business needs to float, maybe I don't need to do all of that myself and I can look for support in different ways. And while I need to care for myself, maybe that face mask isn't going to happen today, but there's another way for me to care for myself in a different way. And really being able to break it down and figure out, okay, what does success look like? And when I come back to that, I feel better because I know I can be with my I have days where I'm with my kids all day long. But I'll tell you, I think when I'm trying to multitask in those moments, and I'm stressed and trying to balance it all, I actually think on the days where I'm going to be gone all day or very busy, and I come back and I sit with them for 20 minutes, we talk about the day, we read a story, they are so much more connected and feel loved, I think, in that moment than the whole day of me being like, I have to balance this and I have to do that. And I think that, you know, you're probably going to have both. I have both. Every week I do both of those things where I'm like chaotic and super focused. (laughs) But it's really just coming back and being like at peace with your decisions and your priorities. And like your, you know, team member said, just being like, they get to watch whatever that is. And if that's you being home with them and so happy and so excited that you get to stay home with them every day, or it's you headed to Paris Fashion Week and building this super cool company and brand. I think that them just seeing you fulfill whatever lights you up is truly the magic piece at the end of the day. So I think you're doing a great job just from meeting you, our conversation, seeing you on social media. I mean, I can tell that you are definitely showing him like, hey, I'm your mom. And that is the most important thing to me in the world. But also, there's this other part of me that's really cool, too. I was going to say, too, just to kind of add on, I think that what you're saying about like the multitasking and everything is that It's like attitude is everything too, like our mindsets about things. And that's one of the things that I've been trying to train myself with recently is that like, you you know, your attitude could go one of two ways, positive or negative. And if you're able to just shift it into, oh my gosh, like I'm not going to make that as big of a deal, or I'm not going to make myself feel so guilty about this, this tiny little thing and you let it go, like how much power that there is in that. And again, like this is all like a training process. But even today, I did it, you know, because he was home from school, and I'm trying to work. And, and I was like, Oh, my gosh, I could be I could myself create this stress, 
but I'm choosing not to. And wow, how powerful that is to go in that direction and then be like, it's fine. Like he'll go have his quiet time and all will be well, you know, and just give yourself that. So I think it's so important, so important to know and to learn and, you know, to try to train ourselves to do it that way. And for any working moms, you just reminded me, I remember that I would try so hard for my kids to not interrupt anything I had going on during business. And I had my son home with me for the beginning of like the first months of the pandemic, like so did many others. And I remember finally, I had a meeting one day where I just told him, I was like, my son's going to probably interrupt this meeting because he's not even two years old and he's going to probably come in and interrupt and play and I just need you to know that, but we can still have these conversations. I don't want to be stressed the whole time. Like he's going to walk around the table. He's going to walk around the table. And I had so much stress about that. And he goes, I totally get it. I have three kids. They've been bugging me all day. And I would have never known that I was having this conversation I, you know, all these stories I was telling myself in my head, like, this is a man in business and data, and he's not going to want to have this conversation with me. And he was so understanding. He's like, look, if you have to get up and go, go. And I had told myself all these stories about this meeting and how like, it was going to be so stressful. So I think sometimes like, just talk about what you're going through. And like, if your kids can't interrupt the meeting, and that's really difficult for you, then maybe there is another place for you to go work that's a little bit more understanding of work life balance, and what that looks like. And yeah, there's a balance between every day. But if there's today's a school holiday for so many that we're recording this, right? So if you're booking stuff, you're like, hey, just, you know, that's a school holiday, like, I might be interrupted. And I think that we should all do a better job about not hiding from various parts of our life. And that doesn't mean that you can't show up as a badass businesswoman or really good in your role, CEO, career, whatever it is, and figure out what that is. And if you are in a more traditional role that you have to show up physically to your job, and you can't because of that day for something, then it's communicating like, hey, I need someone that doesn't have this same home dynamic as me to maybe switch shifts with me or something else so that you can be like, hey, actually, this is how I balance those things. I think it's just getting really creative and sharing, communicating. Absolutely. Communication is everything. And, and giving grace, you know, giving grace back and forth is, is so important. It is. It is. I would love to know, though, is there anything on like a weekly, daily basis, any sort of parts of your routine or your schedule that you do feel like help you manage both versions of life in that way? Is there anything that you're like kind of non-negotiable is that this I know allows me to show up as my best self as mom or business owner and I need to make sure I stay organized or manage things in this way? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I am a structure, structure person. And I know that my husband just does not like that about me. <laughs> but I'm like, listen, like it is literally like it's the only way that I can that I can do all this. Like we got to manage it and we got to know what what the expectation is and yes, there's always going to be room for error, but like if if I have the structure dialed in and and it's not a lot, but it's just 15 minutes and I've started meditating and that has been so incredible in helping me with my anxiety and just starting my day in a very peaceful and calm manner. The other thing that I do is I, I love working out. So I will just move my body in any way, shape or form it can be. It doesn't have to be anything specific. It could even be just taking a walk. But I do run and I cycle and I do yoga. And and I tell my husband as well, I'm like, if I just like just yesterday, I'm like, babe, I'm like, I just got to get my workout in. Like my hormones are starting to hit me. It's a new year. 
everything's crazy. Like we got to get in the system. But the one thing that I need in this very like small moment is if I can just get my workout in, I promise you I'm going to be a better mom. I'm going to be a better wife. Like I'm going to be better at everything once that happens. And it's always been like that for me. So that, that also, also helps. And yeah, I would just say, I mean, surrounding myself with a great support system. So my assistant is amazing. She came into my life about a year and a half ago, and she's just like such a light in my life. And I have someone in San Diego as well, like just surrounding yourself with women who support and love you and encourage you. There is just nothing better and there is no greater gift that you can give to other women. They give me grace. They help me. They support me. And yeah, I think that has just been so helpful. I actually, I had my mom around for a while and she just moved and that was like a big thing. And again, when I found my assistant, she has really stepped up and helped me. And even, you know, with Jackson, like every once in a while, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I have to run to a meeting, like 15 minutes. Can you help me? And she's like, yes, no problem. Like, I mean, it's just so great to have people that you can just count on like that. And I know that it's like easier said than done. And I know that it's really hard when you don't live around family. Um, I've just experienced that myself. But if you can find those people, I did just find another girlfriend here as well. That same story. It's like just being like, hey, if you ever need me, I'm here. Like, you need me with your kids. You need me with, I need you with my kid. Like, we will always be there and just be a support. And again, it's like goes back to that communication where it's just like, just talk about it because we all need it. So like, but we're afraid to like ask or we're afraid to to be vulnerable and like, or be weak or any of those things. It's just not true. It's just in our head. And I think creating those support systems are so important. And then also turning it off. So I have been Again, I mentioned the anxiety during COVID. I really, my anxiety flared up so much. My business also really exploded during COVID. And so I was on like 24 seven, got a break from maybe from work or whatever that looked like. I mean, I know so many moms like didn't have childcare. So they were on like even more than anything. But for us, our business like really shifted to online and we got super crazy busy and the anxiety got super bad. But one of the things that I learned through that was, like turning off social media, turning it off at like 7pm. Like I don't touch my phone after that. I just have to, you know, I'm like Jackson time, no phone time. And then in the mornings too, I've been worse this year already, but I got to like snap out of that habit, like picking up my phone first thing in the morning. I like to, the goal is to like meditate, breathe, and then basically have like tea, coffee, lemon, water, whatever it is. And then like, give yourself to like later, as late as you can to then pick up your phone and start diving into whatever it looks like for the day. So those are some of my practices. I love that. There's so many good things. And the one thing you remind me of, because I'm constantly working on my ability to meditate. So I've really loved Insight Timer because I don't have to put much effort into it. I can just like pick something and listen. Is there a way that you would recommend for people diving into that? And if they're like, well, my kids always wake up early, like, how do I find time, you know, to do it before they're awake? Is there just any advice that you have to just get started or have some mental clarity? Because I know a lot of the other things that you're talking about of asking a mom for help or where you can receive support. I know for myself and others, sometimes when you're in that space of overwhelm, you actually don't even know how to ask for help or say, hey, this is what would be helpful So getting clarity and quiet with yourself can really allow you to do that. And meditation is obviously one of the best ways to do that. 
So I'd love for you to maybe think back to when you very first started. What is like the first step someone could take this week after listening to this to just get a little bit closer? Sure. So my doctor, actually, this was again during COVID. She was like, just set your timer, just closing your eyes and deep breathing for five minutes. And I was having such bad anxiety. Like I could hardly even like close my eyes. I could hardly sleep. It was just, it got to a point where it was terrible. So that closing my eyes, like during the middle of the day for five minutes was like a very, very big hurdle to overcome. But then it was able to be seven minutes and then I could make it to 10 minutes. And so I think that is a good point. And then hearing what you were saying about, you know, moms not being able to get away from your kids. I would also say that at nighttime, that would be another opportunity to also try meditating because you're already in bed. Your kids are asleep. I actually use the Peloton app and they have a meditation section and they do have like nighttime meditation. So maybe that would be a more accessible way for you to try it. And just do they have like a five minute, 10 minute, 20 minute, 30 minute or whatever. And you could just start maybe at night when you're already comfortable in bed, you don't have to do anything special and you just listen and maybe don't you don't even do it. Maybe you just listen because you want to explore it first and then you get more comfortable and you're like, okay, now I'm ready to start the breathing part of it. But yeah, that would be my advice. I love that. And while I feel like that's a great note to end on, there's one more thing that I really wanted you to talk about on the business standpoint, as well as a way for maybe women that are, you know, creating content on social media to understand how they can work with other brands. I know you work with a handful of notable influencers like Tasha Adams and Lindsay Harrod. I'd love to for you to talk a little bit about what that relationship looks like and how you can build relationships with influencers, establish partnerships, because similar to what we were just talking about of getting support in your personal life, you also need support in your business life. And sometimes that looks like coaching and getting a mentor for you to figure out what next steps to take, build your business plan. But also it's maybe helping people talk about your brand or what you're doing and you benefiting each other because having influencer support also benefits their goals and their platform and what that looks like. So I'd love for you to just talk a little bit about what that relationship looks like for people that aren't aware on like what influencer marketing is and then really how you first stepped into influencer marketing and just your overall thoughts and advice on it for business owners primarily. I would just say first and foremost, it's all about what a relationship is. It's about being real with one another. And I think that that's one of the things that has helped me is that I have just always kind of been real with people. I mean, I, I'm not trying to sugarcoat anything. I'm just like, Hey, like I see you're amazing and I would love to work with you. And I mentioned to you, it's like, again, you, you get what you give. So by supporting someone, you know, for however long it takes, like they'll notice you. Oh my gosh. Like, okay, cool. That person is like always commenting and always hyping me up and always making me feel good. Like, I think that if you want to go from an organic approach, you could start that way. For those of you who don't know what influencer marketing is, it's basically working with women on social media platform, you know, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, etc., who will basically support your brand or your product and will tag you and wear it, etc., etc. And so for the relationships that I did have with Tisha and Lindsay and some of the other amazing women that I've worked with, again, all of those things have been organic. So it was me reaching out to them, telling them, just complimenting them from a true, you know, 
from my true heart telling them how amazing I thought that they were and that if they would ever like to work with me or if they'd ever like to try my product or collaborate in any way, shape or form, I was always open to it. And I think just opening that conversation, you just never know what you're going to get. And I will also say that everything in life, I believe is a numbers game. So you had asked me, Kelsey, about a bunch of like the failures, which I don't know that I really talk too much about. But I can't tell you how many times I got no, you know, whether it was a boutique account or a wholesale account or an influencer or, you know, this opportunity or that or like where I was putting myself out there and and getting no. I mean, I can't even count how many times that happens. Just continue to put yourself out there. You will get a yes. So if there is an influencer that you want to work with, I would recommend, you know, making a list of how many it is and just start engaging with them, commenting hyping them up, you know, making them feel good genuinely because people can read through that. So like, just do it, be genuine. And I think that that will get you the best results. I also want to say, you know, as far as like working with them, like, again, it just, it became based off of like having a good quality, then wanted to also put their names on, which is like the best compliment of anything for me as, you know, the owner of my company, for them to be wanting to put their name next to my name is like, It's just amazing. So overall, influencer marketing has been a strategy that you've used to grow the jewelry line. But is there maybe one to three things that you feel like if someone's looking to pursue a business, or I actually think that most of these things end up relating to anything that you're working towards in your goals, what are kind of the one to three things that you would say like, okay, if you get off of this podcast, and next week you sit down and you're really thinking about, huh, what do I want 2023 to look like? What do I want my goals to look like? What do I want my business to look like? What are some of the practices maybe you're doing yourself going into the next year? Or things that you've been like, this was a needle mover for me years ago. And definitely, I would make sure that you outline this or you connect with this type of person or anything like that. Needle movers for us as a fashion brand. So definitely, influencer marketing is a big strategy for us. We're looking at this point now to really widen that scope. And the other thing is that, you know, Kelsey, again, like, as the CEO of my company and as as much as we've grown like in the past just few years like I'm getting to the point where I just can't do it all myself. I can't be in charge of marketing and I can't be in charge of production and design and you know all of the things that and I'm not but yet like still like I have my I'm still my toes are dipped in all of those fields. So I'm really looking to hire outside resources and people that are going to be able to help us. And so we're looking right now into PR, which is going to be exciting. We just had a meeting last week with a firm and it's exciting. They're like, I can't believe you've gotten as far as you have without hiring a PR firm. And again, it goes back to, I really think just being genuine and upfront with people and finding, you know, good connections with women that you want to work with that we've been able to get this far without it. But um, that's what we'll be doing. One of the things that I want to note, a podcast that I actually listen to every, oh my gosh, I've listened to it the past two, three years. I haven't listened to it this year yet. But one of the things that I do that I just think is kind of for us, and one of the things that I do now is that I don't consider January 1st the beginning of my year. I can't do it because we sell all through holidays we work our butts off through the holidays and New Year's. And then it's like, okay, January 1st, like we're just like, 
okay, like, let's catch our breath. Like, but there's no way that I can like assess my entire year in like from December 25th to January 1st. You know what I mean? Like we're just too busy. So February 1st is when I like to kind of start my year because it gives me January to really assess and look at everything. And also just to take the pressure off because I think, you know, you're seeing all those posts on Instagram, my year in review, all this stuff. And I'm like, we just have, we don't have time to do that in December or end of December and into the beginning of January. We, I want to give us grace to be able to do that. And then February 1st is when we'll move on and like really like have our goals set for the next year. So one of the things that the podcast that I fell in love with, it was Rachel Hollis. And she does this end of the year that she's constantly repeated because it was such a great, amazing episode. But she told, you know, her clients basically like, hey, like, don't look at like what's prettiest on paper. Like you want to look at who brings you like the most business. And that might not necessarily be like, the hottest influencer or whatever it is like, and you really need to actually look at that because you might just assume that it is. And then that data isn't correct. And so for us, what I've been doing is really looking at like, oh my gosh, okay, that's not what we would expect, but this is the reality. And we're just going to like copy and repeat basically who it is, who are the groups of women, you know, that are actually elevating and taking our business to the next level. Like I think in anything in life, you see, okay, this is working. Let's do more of that. But if you don't reflect and reevaluate, I have a an episode and I basically tell moms, like, go back through your camera roll and look at what experiences lit you up that you want to do more of and which ones don't light you up that you'd like to do less of. And I think it's for the non-business side, very similar. Like if you notice that you're doing this activity as a family and it doesn't bring you joy, don't keep doing that. Even though on paper, it seems like Disneyland would be fun. Maybe it's just not working out for you guys. And on the other side, if you're like, man, when we picnic in the park, it's so simple, but that always brings us the most joy. Let's repeat more of that. If you see an influencer or a way that you're showing up as a blog post or an email strategy or a podcast episode that does really well, do more things like that so that you can duplicate the efforts there rather than just thinking, oh, I thought they'd like this and they didn't. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it, you know, can be smoke and mirrors in a sense. And so you really just need to analyze and look at the numbers and the data and that's going to give you the true information. And and if you follow that, which we've done that now for the past two years, it's incredible the results that you will get. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. As we wrap up, I would love for you to share what's next if you've done that evaluation because it's not quite February 1st. But to be which I totally love, by the way, because I agree, it's like so much people were sharing their year in review at the like beginning of December. And I was like, I still have a whole month to go. I'm not ready for it to be over. So I definitely resonate with that. But when you think about what's next, how can we support you? Is there something you're really excited about that you're willing to share at this point? Sometimes you haven't pulled back the red curtain. But is there something that you're like, yeah, actually, we're going all in on this. We're really excited about this. What's kind of next? Yeah. So next for us is going to be, we're launching our Valentine's Day collection tomorrow, which is super exciting. So I know it will be launched by the time that the podcast episode goes live. And then our Mother's Day collection, I'm super, super excited about. I can't wait to share with all of you because my vision that I, 
you know, wish me luck. I'm trying to to pull it all together and create this, but I really want to do like a multi-generational photo shoot of women. So it's like grandma, mom, and daughter. And we're working on the collection right now and finalizing all those details. So I can't wait to share that with all of you. And then after that, I mean, we've got collaborations with influencers that are coming up. And then the next big question, we just got invited to Milan, New York, and Paris Fashion Week. So we have a busy year. I don't know. I don't think we'll do all of them, but we will definitely do one of them. So so looking forward to all of that. And um, yeah, if you guys just stay tuned on our Instagram at Aaron Fader Jewelry, that's the best place to find out what's next. That's amazing. And congratulations on being in the position to choose which fashion week you're going to like such a blessing and a difficult decision at the same time. And thank you so much for sharing your story with us being so vulnerable. It's so important to share the dark places, how we overcome them, what we get out to and how you've just done such a great job navigating all of that to get to where you're at today. Even I'm sure when there's times where it looked less pretty. So thank you so much for sharing all of that. Definitely we'll link all of your Instagram and everything below. So excited to support your collection, hear more about the Mother's Day collection. Thank you so, so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening, Mama Has Goals community. As mentioned, Erin is offering a special discount code for our listeners today. And that is Mama20 for 20% off her website. So head to her website now, pick out a beautiful piece for yourself to really ring in the new year, celebrate who you want to be this year and use the code Mama20, M-A-M-A for this code, M-A-M-A 20 for 20% off Erin Feeder Jewelry. Mamas, if you love this episode, please follow Mama Has Goals on Apple Podcasts so you always know when I drop a new episode. And please leave a five-star review sharing your favorite takeaway. Tag both Aaron and I on Instagram so that we can see what resonated and connect with you. See you next time. Bye.